Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here alongside founder of Brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. As the Bucks have lost back to back games, we haven't really become too used to this over the last couple of seasons, particularly uh, during the regular season anyway. But Milwaukee go down to LA 113 to 106. LeBron was incredible. He could hardly miss from the outside. And Frank, I don't really know where you want to start here. But I will say this. The Bucks did fight their way back into this game late. And similar to the game against the Nets, I can handle it if Kevin Durant hits that three from straight away to put the game away. I can handle when LeBron hits that step back three as he's always done throughout his whole career. But like Jeff Green in the Brooklyn game, the frustrating ones for me tonight was the three from Caruso late in the corner and Contavious Coldwell Pope, who could hardly miss for the whole entire night. Again, frustrating that the role players were able to find those open looks and knock down those shots, particularly from the corner, because the Bucks again, they were within two points with a couple minutes to go in this one. Yeah, I think, you know, you look at the box score and you see, uh, you know, for the second straight game, the Bucks get really badly burned by the three-point line. You know, they, they again, shot really poorly themselves, 9 out of 28, and the Lakers hit 19 out of 37. You know, the other day it was 15 out of 31 for the Nets. Um, but it... It just, it didn't, I don't want to chalk this up to, oh, you know, Lakers just outlier shooting and things like that. Because it just, the Lakers just looked like the better team. I mean, it just yeah. felt like they were more organized. Um, you know, there was a modest turnover difference. I mean, Giannis had nine turnovers. Bucks still only had 15 actually total. Lakers only had 10. Um, but, you know, Lakers just seemed much more in control and, and kind of playing a more... <laughs> coherent kind of brand of basketball whereas the Bucks, um you know especially that fourth quarter just some of the matchups they were switching they you know they intentionally it seemed like had Pat Connaughton defending Anthony Davis at times Anthony Davis didn't score a point in the fourth quarter by the, by the way like it was just bizarre kind of some of the things that they were doing and some of them actually like weirdly worked and others didn't um but it just felt like there was a lot of experimentation and you know this is kind of the problem is i think it's frustrating this you know to you know we're used to the bucks being the best regular season team and you know we now see them lose back-to-back games to teams that i think you know at this point the probably the the, the betting public would say well those are better teams than the bucks right uh, you know the nets i think are obviously a sexy pick right now not notwithstanding the loss to cleveland the other night but you know, is, I mean, would you pick the Bucks over the Nets in the playoffs at this point? Like, I wouldn't, you know, I, and again, not to say the Bucks don't have a chance, but I think we need to see a little more from the Bucks just based on just some of the pedigree from some of these other teams with, you know, guys like KD and, uh, and, and company in, in Brooklyn. And tonight, you know, just seeing LeBron, I mean, you know, he's 36 years old and you, and you just feel <laughs> like, man, you know, if as much as Giannis was the better regular season player yesterday, it's just like, 
it's just like, yeah, LeBron James is the better basketball player than Giannis. Like, you know, like when, when LeBron feels like it and it matters, it just feels like he's going to be the better player. Um, and, uh, you know, and then the fact that they've also got, you know, AD and, and they've done a nice job, I think putting role players around, uh, around those two guys, uh, this year that, that I think make more sense than what they had last year. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, yeah, Bucks, Bucks are definitely not going to be favorites in, in the, probably in the, even in the East, most likely in the playoffs, but, um, you know, certainly see a team like the Lakers who just sort of, they just kind of know what they're going to do. And, um, I was surprised LeBron even played given he was questionable with that ankle injury. I figured, you know, what does he have to prove? Right. Just don't, don't screw around with it. But instead he delivers, you know, 34 points and eight assists plus 15 and, um, you know, was clearly the best player on the floor and made some difficult shots, um, including that, that big setback on Brooke Lopez, which by the way, I feel like people were like using LeBron hitting these like really difficult shots fading away on Brooke Lopez as like some sort of indictment of Brooke Lopez. And it's just like, he could have done that to Giannis too. Right. I mean, I don't think there's anybody the Bucks could have put on him if he didn't, if he feels like hitting a step back three, he's going to pretty much do it. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is just LeBron being great and, um, you know, Giannis and the rest of the league just feels like they're still playing catch up. Yeah, it's funny actually. When I woke up this morning and saw that LeBron was questionable, and I know we had some um, back and forth in in our group message that we got going on, Frank and and I kind of in my head thought LeBron is probably going to play because he's playing Giannis, and this has always been the case, even back to the Cleveland days when the Bucks sucked. Uh, LeBron, the one thing you know in these matchups with Giannis is that he shows up. You're always getting the best version of LeBron. And that's why, you know, I think that these these games between these two teams, whether it is LA or when he was back in Cleveland, they're always must-watch because it was always going to be fascinating to see how uh, Giannis would stand up in these games. And we can get to him a little bit more. But it, uh, I'm glad you mentioned the, the Brook Lopez, the step back there. And there was even another time in the second quarter or maybe third quarter where Brook Lopez got switched on to LeBron. And honestly, Brook defended it as well as you could probably ask a seven-footer <laughs> to. And LeBron still turned around and, and hit the shot. And Chris Webber, I know we can rip on him all night long from the broadcasting point of view, but he was just like, oh, man, what is Brook Lopez It's too easy. Doing? And I'm like, He what? said, that's too easy. It's just like, wait, it, uh, it's, it, you could say it's too easy. Like LeBron makes it right. look too easy. But it's like hitting step back jumpers over contests from seven footers. Like that's too easy. Like Chris Weber, again, you're an idiot, but whatever. Yes. Neither here nor there. Well, that was, that was exactly my thought as well. I started laughing when he was talking about that. And I think overall, when you look at the job, you mentioned Anthony Davis in the end, he was eight for 18. I thought the bucks, despite some of those funny matchups that they had, I thought they did a decent job on Anthony Davis and LeBron overall. He was six for 10 from three. So only seven for 15 on two-point shots, and I, I don't have the shot chart up here, but if, I, I would have to feel at least five of those came in the mid-range on those tough turnarounds. And this is one of the interesting things because when you think about the other shooters from the outside and Wesley Matthews was two for three from three as well, obviously Caldwell Pope was seven for 10, and then Caruso hit that late one as well. And this is the, the difficult challenge when you come up against teams with legitimate superstars as much as you trust the guys one-on-one you see players and we saw it with Giannis against Jeff Green we saw it with Giannis tonight with that Caruso three the tendency to want to help and and throw the double team at those guys is so tempting but they're such good passes that they're going to find the open shooters and I thought it was interesting to hear Drew Holiday post game say that 
you know, it, it's kind of difficult when guys want to help in those matchups, but I do really just want to go one-on-one. I want those guys to leave me in those matchups. I thought uh, Kyle Goon, who we had on the show yesterday, the Lakers beat reporter, did tweet um, during the game. He said, I spoke with Kane yesterday on the show and said, you know, Drew Holiday really doesn't have much success defending LeBron. And I kind of pushed back on it because I said, I thought Drew Holiday forced LeBron James into some really, really difficult shots. It's not like he was efficient from within the arc. So again, I think the Bucks got caught up. Uh, yes, some of those matchups you mentioned where it, it kind of, again, looked like Bud was intentionally setting up some of those matchups and there was some strange lineups down the stretch. But I think Drew Holiday in... Um, when you look at it in totality, the, the Bucks are in a better position to defend some of these guys because he showed off his versatility again today. It's just incredibly strong. And sometimes I just thought that the Bucks were too quick to help when I was kind of satisfied just letting Drew Holiday go to work, even though, again, it's a mismatch when you look at the size. And he does such a great job in those one-on-one post-up situations. Yeah, well, though I have to say this, like, I, I, I'm not sure if it was the KCP three, which made it 105-100, or the Caruso three, but one of those was actually, it, it, the, the reason that shot was allowed was because Drew Holiday gambled trying to deflect a pass out to mm, LeBron, yeah. and he got caught completely out of position, and it created a five-on-four that led to, you know, an open three. Um, so, uh, you know, and I, and I think, again, I mean, Drew's obviously a tremendous defender, but um, you know, he's also not a guy who, I mean, he got beaten by Harden a few times in, in the last game. Um, he, he obviously can only do so much against a guy of, of LeBron's size. Uh, and, yeah. and in this game, you know, that, that one gamble, um, and again, I mean, he's a ball hawk, so, you know, you can't just tell Drew Holiday not to go for steals. <laughs> um, but in that scenario, obviously, you know, it, it really cost the bucks and there were you know, a few, few big threes in that late in that game where, um, you know, I mean, the LeBron three was the one I had the least, you know, argument with. I mean, we've seen LeBron do that, yeah. right. I mean, throughout his career, really in the last decade, whether it was, you know, Miami, Cleveland, he, he's just a guy, he can hit that really long three. I mean, he's obviously not Kyle Korver or something, but he hits the step back super long three remarkably well. It just seems like he's great at hitting those kind of dagger frustrating threes. Um, but it was really the the KCP and Caruso threes that I think were the the really kind of the backbreakers because those were plays where obviously you got broken down and and you gave up you know open looks to uh, to players that that obviously you know you're you're kind of cheating off of and you know you, you can tend to forget about them. All right, let's talk about BetOnline.ag, fantastic sponsors of the show. We've reached the weekend, a big weekend, probably a nervous weekend for a bunch of Packers fans that listen to the podcast. So if you are a fan of the NFL, then there is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust when it comes to sports betting. That's BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook expert. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts. Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe today to Locked On Today, wherever you get your podcasts. And that, that's kind of thing. I, I was kind of looking at it, you know, I, I, 
the the idea of like where Giannis defends, you know, who Giannis is defending, I think understandably has like come up a lot. Um, and you know, the, the Nets game is obviously an example, right? Where, you know, he's, he's kind of cheating off Jeff green and just, you know, not really making plays, uh, against as a help defender. And then Jeff green just hits open threes on him. Like that's, that's kind of the worst, you know, sort of version of, of the Bucks defense is when Giannis is really not able to, to impact off the ball and he's getting, you know, vic- victimized by giving up open threes to, to his guy that he's sort of, you know, wandering off of. Um, I was kind of, I, I rewatched like the second half of the fourth quarter. I mean, and, you know, first off, Giannis defended AD for much of the night. I mean, that, they started off against each other. You know, that was sort of the natural matchup. You couldn't really avoid it. Um, even if the Bucks wanted to, um, you know, you weren't going to put Giannis on, uh, Mark Gasol and, and put, Brooke on, on AD to, to start, you know, and kind of the normal matchups were, but so Giannis guarded AD for much of the night. Um, but then in that, in that fourth quarter, there were some weird things because, because probably the weirdest thing is they, they bring Connaughton in for Giannis um, to give him a rest, which I think it was like, what, like the six something mark, something like that. And I think Connaughton was basically just killed by Montrez Harrell on like consecutive mm-hmm. possessions and so immediately I'm, you know, you're just saying like, well, why, why is Pat Connaughton your option against freaking Montrez Harrell? You know, this is just once again, the Pat Connaughton being made to look bad because Mike Budenholzer believes he can do something that, you know, he shouldn't be expected to do. Um, and one of them, maybe one of them was, was Dante got switched onto him, but, um, but you know, the Bucks just went really small um, when Giannis came out and, you know, cause basically I think it was Brooke, Plus, essentially, like what was it, Middleton, DiVincenzo, um, Connaughton, and and Holiday. So that's a really small lineup. You know, the Bucks typically always have one guy that's sort of power forwardish, and then either another center, a center, or another power forward center type guy, right? Because it's pretty much generally always two of, you know, Portis, Lopez, Giannis, and obviously we even saw some Thanasis in the first half. Um, Maybe did we see him in the second half tonight, or was it just the first half? Um, but anyway, so it was a small, you know, it was Brooke and, and basically a bunch of you know wings essentially. Um, and yeah, I just don't. I mean, it's sort of I think the Bucks were down nine when Giannis went to the bench. Yeah, and they were nine down nine when he came back. So it's not like the game got blown open at that point. But you know, Harold just goes for a dunk and then a little floater on Connaughton. Like literally within forty-five seconds, he gets two buckets. And so obviously, you know, you can't help but say, well, wh- why is that your combination of guys there, right? It's not even about Pat Connaughton, just the general configuration of the lineup. And then Giannis comes back and he's on Trez. And so that's why you saw a couple of those, I think a couple of those LeBron AD pick and rolls. And of course, the question should be, shouldn't Giannis be guarding one of those guys, right? Because <laughs> you're like switching, you're switching the 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 LeBron AD pick and roll. And if you had Giannis and Drew Holiday, I think it would make a ton of sense because Drew is obviously switchable and Giannis is obviously switchable. Um, but instead it was Brooke. And again, it, you know, was that, it's not like AD then worked Holiday or LeBron drove right past Brooke Lopez or something, right? Like, you know, Brooke, LeBron hit that step back three. And, and, and so again, like, was that really like the root cause of the Bucks losing? No. Um, but I think it, it didn't put your best player 
Giannis in a position to exert, you know, influence the game the way he could. So I think that's something that the Bucks have to sort of figure out because, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I just, it, it's kind of been kind of weird at times. You know, his, his block and seal numbers are still pretty, are still good. This pretty, you know, similar this year to what they were last year, but it just doesn't feel like Giannis is impacting the game defensively in the same way. We've obviously talked about Brooke not impacting the game defensively in the same way. And, you know, it's kind of interesting because they are switching more, but you can kind of tell like, you know, like if you if you don't like the Bucks doing drop coverage, and you want the Bucks to switch more. Um, you're gonna get you're gonna get some disorder and chaos, and they're not just gonna be able to immediately do it perfectly. Um, switching defenses have weaknesses too, uh, and especially when you haven't really, you know, it's not like they had they've had a full season to work on it. So I think I, I guess the the way I would sort of finish this out is there was a lot I think you could sort of question with the way that that the Bucks defended in the last like six minutes or so. Um, I don't think it was necessarily as bad as people might've assumed it was, especially after you got past those two Harold buckets on Connaughton, which is probably the most flagrant sort of <laughs> issues that some of the matchups cause. Um, but it's also, I think part of the process is, you know, if we, we spent all this time talking about how much we want the Bucks to figure out how to do switching. And then we complain when the Bucks do switching um, and we can say, well, you know, it shouldn't be exactly those two guys switching, <laughs> switching, but you know, I, I think at least it's at least schematically, they're trying some different things and we're seeing that there's no silver bullet to, you know, stopping a team like the Lakers. But, um, you know, again, this is kind of part of the process that, you know, hopefully will make the bucks better over the course of a season. But obviously I think there's, there's going to be these sorts of issues and challenges along the way. Um, and and look, last year they were thirty eight and six at one point. Now they're nine and six, right? Um, so you can kind of tell it's it's been a much more trying start to the year uh, than where they were last year when they went on that huge run. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I I don't I don't think this team necessarily has that kind of run in it. That was an historically great run the Bucks went on last year. That was always going to be difficult to to match. Um, and so I think. At this point, you know, it's really just about hopefully the Bucks figuring out some things that that do work relatively well, and you know, working some of these things out during the regular season, even if maybe it doesn't always lead to the types of wins and losses results that you want. Uh, just a, a couple of final thoughts I had defensively with some of the stuff you touched on there, because I, I think, and you've discussed this on the show a couple of days ago. I discussed it yesterday, or on one of these days. Who knows? The days are all mixing together. But we've spoke about Giannis in particular, and it was around the Kevin Durant uh, matchup where if you did guard Kevin Durant with Giannis, he's just going to run him straight through a screen. And we saw a, a pretty good example of that tonight where LeBron, Giannis was defending LeBron. LeBron said, okay, called Wesley Matthews. Wesley Matthews set a pick, and Giannis just completely died, which we've, we've seen happen a lot. LeBron was able to yeah. walk into an open shot. That's the problem there. The point you made, well, if you're switching late, and and you're going to switch in that situation anyway, then why the hell wouldn't Giannis be the guy that's in there if you're happy for him to guard the Anthony Davis or LeBron, which you would be in the one-on-one situation. And again, I don't necessarily think Giannis would have done anything different than what Brooke did on that step-back three. I still think LeBron is going to go back and hit that. But from the offensive side of the ball, Giannis, I mean, the interesting thing is when you look at the total team turnovers, they had only had 15. So this is the second game in a row that the 
the team has generally looked after the ball pretty well. And when you're playing Brooklyn, that's one thing. They're a terrible defensive team. The Lakers, number one defensive team in the league. So outside of Giannis's nine turnovers, which obviously a number of those were on the offensive side of the ball, the Bucs did take care of it and they were able to score. But the, the stretch that crushed them in this game, which is hard to believe, they only lost by seven points. There was a six-minute and 10-second stretch from... Uh, the end of the second quarter and the first uh, 40 seconds or so of the third quarter where the Bucks were outscored 26 to 8. So they scored eight points in six minutes and 10 seconds of basketball. They got really, really sloppy, really, really lazy. Giannis settled for a couple of mid-range shots there. That was that period where he had uh, that, that terrible uh, pass to Brook Lopez in the post, who uh, I think it was Dennis Schroeder who was able to jump up and get the steal. And then Giannis uh, gave a... a yeah, just whatever. And nothing terrible take, take, take foul. Yeah, that and, terrible and we, take foul. And we've discussed this, Frank. I mean, Giannis just cannot. I mean, give up the two points yeah. in, in the layup. Don't take that foul because then a minute after that, he picked up an offensive foul. That was his third of the half. So, you know, that was the stretch to me where overall, I agree with you that the Lakers felt like they had more in the, in the tank. They felt like they had this game in control. But when you consider that stretch of the game, six minutes outside of that, the Bucks were right there, and in many and for uh, much of the case, actually controlled the game on the scoreboard from outside of that six minutes. Go behind the scenes of the game you love and get all sides of the story with Rejecting the Screen podcast. Each week, Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko get personal while interviewing players, coaches, and media members. All the people who make the NBA happen. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. First half was kind of weird because they they kind of were, you know, they 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 did jump out to that lead, mm. and they it felt like they were up by four to six to eight points for most of that first half, and then they just couldn't couldn't sustain it and and gave up threes to to end the first half. Right? I mean that that buzzer beater was was a killer um, to KCP. Um, cause you yes. know what you, you go down, you go down six after being, you know, leading by at least a few, most of the, most of the half. And well, do you know, cause do, do you know what that reminded, that reminded me of, sorry to cut you off, but Pat Connaughton and let, uh, KCP get a, a run up there and, and he shoots that three. It reminded me of, what was that game? Tyler Harrow. Tyler Harrow. Exactly. Same yeah. thing. You just, it's inexcusable. Yeah. Yeah. I don't And, and it's an interesting thing. I mean, again, there was the kind of customary calls for Tory Craig tonight you know, and it's, I think the, the, that closing lineup is interesting because it just felt like the last six minutes, the Bucks were either too big or too small, um, you know, with Brooke. And again, I didn't really think Brooke actually ultimately really hurt them that much in that, you know, in, in that matchup. But, um, but the, 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 I think the one obvious thing that they're sort of missing right now, and, you know, the only guy in the roster, the only guys in the roster who I think, sort of defensively you can sort of squint at and, and say that that could be a solution would be you know, either DJ Wilson or, or potentially Craig, um, you know, Craig has not been a, he's not really played power forward from everything that I've seen of him. Like he's been more of kind of a wing and, and even guarding some small guys. He's had some experience guarding LeBron. Obviously LeBron's sort of a just weird outlier type case period, but, um, but yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's an interesting question of, of when the Lakers go with, you know, as an example, LeBron and AD, what, what is the Bucks' optimal combination against that, right? Um, and I think, you know, the fact that we saw Drew defending LeBron for much of the night was, was interesting. Um, 
was a little surprised we didn't see more of of Middleton in that role because again, I just think uh, Drew is just kind of too small to you know really have a lot of success. And again, you know, shutting down LeBron, especially on that when you go six out of ten from three, is just you know you're you're just not going to be able to contain him, uh, even if you defend him pretty well. But um, but I think that's kind of the question is is when the Bucks need to be mobile, and you know we've seen them now be willing to to get switchy. You know, what is that switchy mobile lineup that still has enough offense? And, you know, DJ Wilson's been MIA since Bud decided that, you know, Thanasis needs to start playing, which is still one of those curious things that I don't fully understand. Uh, he, he did have a nice block and finish. Uh, he had that, like, really nice, you know, eight-second <laughs> uh, span uh, late in the first quarter today, so shout-out to him. Um but yeah, what is that combination? That that's that's obviously a big question because obviously the, you know, the easy part is Giannis, Drew, and Middleton. But then is the rest of it, you know, Dante, and then again, so far the idea of you know, Torrey Craig is literally just an idea at this point. Like we have not seen him in any meaningful minutes. Period. He's he's back available. He's tweeting emojis after games that suggest he's maybe not thrilled with the fact that he doesn't play at all. Um, and, or, or again, I mean, I'm, I feel almost like it's almost comical talking about DJ Wilson, right? Cause even when he played well to start the year, then he just suddenly disappears again. Uh, so I don't know, but I think that's, that's, that's the obvious thing to me that, that we haven't necessarily seen the bucks go to. And, and obviously um, that's, there's still a lot of season left. I think, you know, I'm still happy that they are, switching and being a little bit more proactive about it but they obviously have not figured out the rhythm of doing that they're still figuring out i think as a team um you know again just just the cadence of doing that i mean they were the best defenses you know in recent history by playing a really you know call it somewhat rigid zone drop scheme with brooke at the back and now they're doing some different things and you know shock shock horror like doing something different doesn't automatically solve <laughs> solve all your problems right so um finding the balance of when to do your typical stuff and and when to do things differently that is something that bud and his coaching staff is gonna have to figure out and i think you know understandably people are nervous about that i think they should be um just based on you know especially the postseason last two years but um they they are very much a work in progress and you just hope that they kind of pro progressively figure things out more and more. Cause last thing you want to do is have to try to figure this out in the playoffs when you, when you haven't tried it in the regular season. So at least, uh, at least that experimentation is happening, but obviously there's still a lot of rough edges to, to kind of smooth out. So definitely the most common thing that I've been asked or tweeted at over the last week has been Tory Craig, which is, again, I've said this, there's no bigger fan of Tory Craig than me. He's basically an Aussie. Love that guy. I wish he was playing. I find it a little bit strange that he hasn't been really given an opportunity at all. And I, listen, I have to acknowledge after the Brooklyn game, I was saying, see, I, I told you, Thanasis didn't play against the Nets. He's not going to play against good teams. And then he was in in the first quarter against the Lakers, which, you know, whatever. It's, 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 it, it, it had me 
shocked, that's for sure. But everyone keeps asking. Ask Bart about Tory Craig. We've asked him about Tory Craig a number of times, and it's one of those things where I've said before, I only get one question, and, and I'm not going to, like, every single press conference ask about Tory Craig, the, the, the last guy that you signed on a minimum deal. I'm not going to do that, despite the fact that I would love to see him in some of those defensive lineups for sure. Uh, pre-game, this is what Bud said about Tory Craig. He said, guys are playing well, and we've kind of tightened up the rotation a tiny bit, so it's a combination of some guys playing well, uh, tightening up that rotation. I think we're trying to give Giannis Chris these guys ways to get their conditioning, get their shape without the ramp up, without all the five-on-five five that normally happens in a regular off-season. So, so some nights playing nine, nine and a half. I don't know what that means. So that's made it a little bit harder. And those guys have played well. We've played well. But hopefully we can find an opportunity to start incorporating him. And we know he's going to be helpful and important to us during this season. So look, a lot of coach speak there. I understand why. Uh, fans are a little bit frustrated. They want to see this guy. I don't think anyone believes he's going to be the difference maker with the Bucks winning a title, but he is a new face. Well, I worry. I worry. Yeah, I mean, I worry, though, that people... Yeah, I mean, I think you were about to say it, right? I, I do worry that people just get overly fixated on some... Something uh, new. I want to call him a random... Yeah, exactly. I'm like a random role yeah. player, but it's like, yeah. you know, Torrey Craig is not the difference between the Bucks right. being 9 and 6 and, you know, um, 11 and four or something like that. Um, and again, hopefully he has a role and, and they figure out kind of how to use him. But, uh, you know, I mean, the, the, the nuggets literally were like, we don't need you. Like, go ahead and be a free agent. I mean, they didn't even give him a qualifying offer. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not yeah. like, you know, I mean, he played high leverage minutes for them. He's an NBA player and hopefully he, he finds a role here. Hopefully his, his shooting stroke is, uh, you know, is, is, uh, better than it was in, in Denver, but, uh, you know, and especially just looking at the first month of the season, I mean, what is Connaughton shooting like 48% from three? Um, you know, I, I know the first reaction everybody has is to kind of, you know, say that Pat Connaughton shouldn't be playing in favor of, you know, player X, but, um, you know, again, and I'm not saying Pat Connaughton is, is actually a 50% three point shooter because clearly he's not. Um, but if we're just saying like, you know, has that hurt the bucks in this first month of the season? I would say no. I would say you'd probably feel pretty damn good about the guy shooting 50% from three. I mean, Connaughton's plus 17 points per 100 possessions right now. He's The Bucks are plus 10 points per 100 better with Connaughton on the court than off <laughs> right now. <laughs> so he's got like a Giannis like on off right now. And again, a lot of that's probably because he's hitting a crazy number of threes and, and that's not always going to continue. So I'm not saying like Pat Connaughton needs to, you know, be playing 20, 25 minutes every night for the rest of, of the season. But um, that, that, you know, Pat Connaughton playing has certainly not been the issue. Uh, and again, Bud's point about guys have been playing well. I mean, he's not wrong. Connaughton, Connaughton's, he's got 65% true shooting. <laughs> like he's, his numbers have been really good. So I think as much as pains people, you know, Connaughton has, has earned his minutes. Even tonight, I mean, he was a plus four. It's not like the Bucks were killed with Connaughton on the floor, even even for those couple of, you know, possessions, obviously, where he was defending guys he shouldn't. But, um, you know, I, I guess just, yeah, suddenly I, I went into defend Pat Connaughton mode, which probably isn't a very good place to be <laughs> as a as a Bucks talking head. But, um, you know, let's let's focus on the things that you can be legitimately sort of concerned about and, um, or, or, you know, if we're going to blame, try to find things to blame for, for losses, you know, uh, yeah, what, what, what was kind of going through Bud's heads at times in the fourth quarter? I don't know. 
Um, but again, looking at kind of the, the broader kind of context here, you know, the bench again, being very underwhelming, um, was a problem and Giannis turning over nine freaking times and fouling out, um, you know, that was a problem. Uh, so, you know, Chris and Drew ultimately, I think, quitted themselves fine. You know, both guys, seven assists, 20 plus points. Um, but you know, again, I think if, if it's just going to be your top two or three guys showing up against AD and LeBron, that's, that's a really tough, tough order. And especially on the night when the Lakers get, get really nice contributions from their supporting cast. Yep. I agree. I was going to try and finish it off on a little bit of positive and you kind of touched on it right there. Uh, Drew Holiday, again, you know, the one thing that I, I, I love about him to this point in the season, I know, you know, against the game, uh, the game against Brooklyn and uh, this one against the Lakers, it didn't necessarily translate to a win. But again, uh, we are 15 games into a 72-game regular season. Well, we think a 72-game regular season. Obviously, the Bucks had a game uh, tonight or so back-to-back with Washington that's been postponed. Uh, so they'll have a couple of days off here. We think if they're still going to get the 72 games out, but we'll wait and see. But we're, we're at the very, very beginning stages, the early stages. And Drew Holiday, I love when he uh, has shown that uh, willingness to want the ball in his hands to create in the half court. There was one possession in particular where LeBron James was guarding him on the perimeter and uh, Drew Holiday just crossed him up a little bit and hit down, uh, knocked down a, a step back jumper. That Those types of things, him wanting the ball in his hands, wanting to take those shots and honestly playing his best basketball so far this season in the big games, uh, that's what stands out to me. He was great against Boston, uh, obviously pretty good against Brooklyn and pretty good tonight as well against the Lakers. And again, it hasn't necessarily translated to wins and losses just yet. But the fact that he wants to step up in those games and be with the ball in his hands in those moments, I think is significant when we look at the big picture uh, heading towards the end of the season. But uh, hey, Frank, this is episode 999 of Locked on Bucks. Woo. Wow. Man. I don't know. You, you've, you've probably done 900 of those. I've uh, jumped on. I, um, I've been riding the coattails for the last 250, but I, I think we're going to catch up over the weekend for the big milestone. With a special guest, maybe? It might be a special guest. I don't know. He might be a familiar mm. voice to, to some of our friends. No. I don't want to give okay. Well, welcome to the weekend. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll leave it there. Bucks win. Wink. Bucks don't win, actually. I've completely thrown No, Bucks off. lose. Bucks, Bucks lose. definitely lose. Bucks lose. They're 9 and 6. 113, 106. Back to back losses. Oh, my God. We're back in the dark days. Frank, always appreciate talking with you. And yes, I will catch up with you in a few days. Uh, make sure you keep an eye out for that podcast over the weekend. Stay safe. We'll have a bit of fun on the weekend with that podcast. Speak to you guys then.